Yes. <laughs> Coral is with us again today. Hey, Coral. Hello. Hey, and, I'm always here. And Miss Samantha. Coral requested this episode, so Samantha's making her sit in on it. She's got way more important things that she would like to be doing. Tomorrow is prom here, so she is... She was like, I have plans tonight. And I was like, well, I guess we're recording right now then. <laughs> School's not important. I shouldn't be taking a test right now. <laughs> Education, what? It's fine. She's fine. She's smart enough. It's fine. Yeah. You had an eventful weekend. I did have an eventful weekend. Almost died last weekend. <laughs> like, literally. Um, On the Bighorn Mountains, there is this place that it's called 10 sleep Wyoming and basically like to set the scenery to it it's huge canyons and when I say huge canyons I mean 1500 feet straight down yeah and like rock slides it's not there's not a great deal of vegetation there there isn't I mean if you start going down into the canyon you're committed to going down because it's so steep and the ground moves like there. When I say rock slides, I mean like very, very dangerous Canyon to go to, but it's also a great place to go shed hunting for elk sheds, which I've talked about before where I'm an avid horn hunter. So I went over there last weekend, not, not anticipating the significance of of how steep the canyon is. Mm -hmm. And so again, like I started going down there and then I was like, shit, I'm committed. Like I'm, I'm going down, I'm going down to the bottom of the canyon. Well, so I get down there, I walk around. It's, I mean, we're talking 10 miles. Like it's not, it's not like a little jaunt. It's definitely like for advanced hikers. It's not, it's nowhere that I should have been (laughs) straight up. It's nowhere that I should have been. Yeah. One wrong step and you're dead. So I'm trying to climb out. I'm trying to scale my way out. And the rocks have, you know, like they curve, like they're, they're circular, right? And so I'm following, I'm about halfway up the hill, about 700, 800 feet up from the bottom of the canyon. Again, rock slides, nothing to stop you, nothing to hold on to, cliffs everywhere. And I'm walking along the ridge of a rock that I could, a big rock, a boulder that I could hold on to, um, you know, to, and you're going very, very, very slowly because mm-hmm. again, one wrong step, you're dead. Yeah. And so I get to about halfway up. My legs are absolutely on fire burning. So I stop for a minute, get a drink, you know, get my bearings back under me, gain my strength, blah, 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 rest for a little bit. And about, I don't know, 15, 20 feet around, I'm going to turn this corner around this boulder and then make my way back up a valley and a steep ass valley. Okay. Not like a valley that you're thinking, but so I get up and I take off walking. I turn this bend on this rock and walk straight into a black bear den. Oh, and in front of me, in front of me is the biggest black bear I have ever seen in my life. Not that I've seen a lot of black bears, (laughs) but it sees me, I see it. And let me tell you, there's there's certain things that you're supposed to do when you see a bear, right? Make noise, be big, 
Don't run. I think that's grizzly bears. Not Back away. Bears. No, a grizzly bear will kill you. Yeah, black just bears. For, are... Black bears typically are more afraid of you than you are of them. Unless you walk into their den. <laughs> you walk into they their... They also say that about spiders, but I swear spiders are out to get me. They attack <laughs> me. They jump on me. They eat me. They, are, they want to kill me. Right, but a spider and a black bear are not the same thing. They are the same thing. <laughs> well, so the black bear, I, it's, it is literally probably 20, 25 feet in front of me. And I absolutely froze. I froze. I slowly backed up. It was looking at me. I was looking at me at it. It was making the most god-awful snarling sound <laughs> I've ever... I, seriously, I could smell it. They stink. It was. It's a uh, wild animal, yeah. I was terrified. You're laughing, but I, the level of disrespect right now. <laughs> Everybody's laughing at my torture. Anyway, so I back up very, very slowly, back around the corner that I just came from, get into my backpack. What's in my backpack? Obviously, a 40. I load it. Not not a 40-ounce bottle of alcohol. I mean, a 40 Smith & Wesson. If I'm going to die, I might as well be drunk. I'm sorry, but can you imagine that? Mom slowly backing out, grabs a bottle of whiskey, <laughs> just starts doubting it. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die having a good time. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Let's get this party started. I got my 40. I meant a 40 Smith & Wesson gun, load it, and I, I literally, I took off running, which was so dumb. So dumb on so many levels. The ground is unstable. You would have gone I could, there faster if it was a 40. Uh, <laughs> you guys are assholes. I could have died. Well, anyway. I'm glad you didn't. I found I found sheds too. Did you too. find Jesus that day too? I did find Jesus. <laughs> I swear to God, I've never prayed so hard, and I'm not over the top religious, but I was seriously scared. It took yeah. me it took me what like ten hours to get out. Yeah, it took you a long time. Like I I've never been so scared before in my life. I should not have been there. I should not have been there. So what lesson did we learn that day? Not to go into <laughs> Ten Sleep Canyon. <laughs> It's no joke. It's like, it's not a joke. It's for advanced uh, rock climbers, not hikers, rock climbers. Yeah. It's a 1,500 foot canyon. We had search and rescue on speed dial. We did. You didn't get home until. Yeah, you guys are being assholes now, but that day when it was going on, you guys were worried as hell. The group chat was going off. (laughs) Yeah. And when the bear, when I texted you guys about that, you guys did not think it was funny then. We did not. It's funny now because you're okay. Yeah, it's funny now because, you know, a little bit of time has passed. But man, I, it was not funny. And that was not a place to be at all. Alone, face to face with a bear, that is not smart. But it also goes along with my whole guns, right? Like the importance of, oh, I, it was really the only thing that brought me peace, that made me feel even a little bit safe, was the fact that... I think a bottle of whiskey would have done that for me. <laughs> 40-ounce bottle of some good beer probably would have done it. I don't know. Jeez, this is awful. I don't drink, for the record, so that's why this is funny. Yeah. But... Anyway, okay, well, let's just move on since you guys are, are callous to my fear and my all the rest of it. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. And I'm Coral. This is The Suspended Sentence. What are we talking about today? I don't know, Coral. What are we talking about today? 
Which cults did you bring up? I brought time? all of them. <laughs> all of them. Ooh. Really? We're okay. going to do a little history of cults today for you. Okay, perfect. Love it. i give you a little general synopsis here. Synopsis. So, cult is a term that is usually um, a, not a very affectionate term, right? It's no. disapprovement. It's used to describe a group of people that we're like, you're in a cult. It's not a great term. No. So... This usually is a small group, which is typically led by a charismatic, self-appointed leader who excessively controls its members, requiring unwavering devotion to a set of beliefs and practices which they determine brings them closer to whatever their belief is. Charles Manson. Maybe I should start a cult. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be a great cult leader. You didn't already? (laughs) Wow. Isn't Charles Manson, that was a cult, right? Yeah. Like, that's a good example. He's in our list. Oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) Jumping ahead. Jumping ahead. ahead. So, in an older sense, the word involved um, used to be set around religious devotions, like, back in, like, biblical time. Um, So, you can even trace that back as far as, like, ancient Rome as a descent. It was meant an excess of devotion is what the word cult I mean, still kind of does mean, but now it has, like, a derogatory, like, meaning behind it. Okay. Okay. So, beginning in the 1930s, cults became an object of um, sociological, sociological, oh, I cannot say words today. Say that word. Sociological. No, it's kind of fun to watch you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Say the word. Sociological. Thank you. Um, Studies within the context to study religious behavior. Sociological or psychological? With an S. Starts with an S. Social. So that's social. Yeah. Sociological. Okay. So I was getting on the right draft. Okay. Okay. Woo. Okay. Since (laughs) (laughs) We're starting out really strong, guys. Since the 1940s, the Christian counter-cult movement um, labeled it as, like, labeled them as cults because it's derogatory and going against the beliefs of church. Oh, interesting. So even though most cults, like... When we get into, like, actual examples, say that most of them are saying that they're doing it in, like, the name of God. It's very far from, like, traditional, like, Christianity. And so that's why they're like, you're, that's cult behavior. Oh, that's interesting because, <laughs> because most of the time, don't you, like, when you think of, you know, organized religion, they say, oh, the cult this or the cult that, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. I mean, kind of half joking, but... half joking half joking so our first example of this is going to be heaven's gate do you know about heaven's gate Mm -hmm. do you know about heaven's gate no i don't think so okay so this was the first well-known american cult to use the internet to recruit members the group who also made much of its money by designing web pages heaven's gate was founded by marshall applewhite and bonnie lou nettles um, who went on to call themselves Bo and Peep. <laughs> I mean, that, see that funniness of that? Little, the girl's looking at me like, I don't. <laughs> Little Bo Peep. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> we did not drink any whiskey before this, I'd like to say. Right, because she's 16. Uh, so Applewhite preached that the end of times were near, which we do, like we've covered a couple cults in the past and kind of talked on it. That seems to be a very prominent, like, reason for behind cults is the end of times, doomsday, like, here comes the end. Sure. 
So members of Heaven's Gate spent months following particularly extreme version of the Master Cleanse diet, which is still pretty popular today. That's the mix of lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup, and it's supposed to help you lose like a ton of weight. Does it work? I don't know. I've never done it. Oh, I'm going to look that up. So they would do like an extreme of that where like that's all they would have like that day. Don't drink the punch. We're gonna, how are you doing about a cult? Look at you. The, um, the group believed its members could be beamed into the next level in their living bodies via an alien spacecraft. But after Nettles died of cancer in the mid-1980s, uh, mid Applewhite changed his philosophy. They would need to climb to the next level of existence and death will be necessary to get there. So on March 26, 1997, the dead bodies of 39 coal members were found inside their home. Oh my God. They oh. had timed their suicides to the passing of the Hale Bop comet that passed that day. Um, behind which they believed was a spacecraft that was traveling behind the comet. So they timed it perfectly so that as it was flying over San Diego, they would all kill themselves to join the join the spaceship. How does the police and like government look past this like there's like there's been a couple cults that like there's sacrifice where there's like stuff like this like how does the government not, not like be like yeah this is well, not so okay we'll get... this is like forcing hand to suicide this is like basically kind of attempted murder like this is yeah so that we'll get to one of these examples where uh the government tries to step in and we'll see how that one works out for them there's a few of that, so keep that in the back of your brain while we get to the end for final thoughts. So Governments and colds, things that should not <laughs> collide together. Literally. So the chief medical examiner of San Diego County said that the suicides seemed to be the results of mixing drugs with vodka and then suffocating themselves with plastic bags. So they would drink the drugs and then place the bag over their head and lay down. Are you serious? Yep. So during their autopsies, authorities found that some male members, uh, male members of the cult had also been castrated before death. What? Do you know what castrated means? She's looking at me confused. <laughs> castrated means they cut off their... Oh, yeah. Okay, I assumed it familiar from like... <laughs> like okay. castrating cows. cows okay, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> A reporter who infiltrated the group said that Applewhite believed castration would make platonic relationships easier and that the cult, because the cult had super strict rules on sex. So they said as long as they were castrated, it made it easier to live in a community without the temptation of sex. Oh my god. As of 2020, there oh. are four remaining Heaven's Gate members. That didn't follow through with the suicide, but still believe in the practices. You can look up their super creepy 90s, early 2000s website. It's still very active, and it's the creepiest website I think I've ever seen in so my life. So do you life. think it's still, like, going on? Oh, for But, like, sure. secretive. They're probably waiting for another comment. Oh, my gosh. Dun, dun, dun. Creepy. Keep posted. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll infiltrate. We'll find out. <laughs> No, we do will not, not email me. <laughs> Heaven's Gate, do not email me. I actually do not want to join. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the summer of, we're jumping into a new one here. The summer of 1969, the Manson family, <sighs> led by now infa infamous cult leader Charles Manson, had killed at least nine people. They were, they were suspected of 35 murders total, 
and plunged um, their state into terror in during the satanic panic of the 1980s and 1990s. Why are you looking at me like that? Ugh, disgusting. In the months leading up to the summer murders, Manson helped, um, led his followers to Shafran Movie Ranch, where they lived as a community. Manson traded room and board with the ranch owner for sexual favors from the female cult members. That's how he paid his rent. What? The women would have sex with the ranch owner in order for them to live there. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So a narrative took hold that the Manson family's murder spree was motivated by Manson's desire to start a race war. Yet it appears that the killings were also born in part of the Manson's rage from being rejected from Hollywood. So Charles Manson wanted to be a musician so bad. He wanted to be famous so bad. Well, he 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 did, did it. it. He got it done. <laughs> Um, so Terry, yeah, yeah, not probably the best way, but Terry Meckler was a recording producer who, um, at one point had been trying to help Manson get a record deal, but after Manson's increasing erotic behavior, Meckler distanced himself from him and was like, yeah, dude, you're, I'm not helping you get a record deal. Have a good day. So Meckler used to live at the house where Charles, um, Charles Manson instructed his followers to kill everyone inside. Resulting in five murders. At the time of those murders, Manson knew Meckler did not live there anymore. But Vox reported that Manson seemed to, quote, have the house fixed on his head um, as a, like, idea of Hollywood itself. That house represented his dream of Hollywood to him. Why did they... They would just, like, follow his... What he told just, like, no questions about it? No questions. They... Did they get something out of it? Drugs. They did lots of drugs. Yeah, I'll talk about the psychology behind it here in a second. So, among those five people killed was pregnant Hollywood actress Sharon Tate. And that's, I think, everybody's heard about Sharon Tate before because that was a pretty horrible... It was horrific. It was horrific. She was, what, like, almost full-term pregnant. Yeah. Um, So... But in total, there was five people killed in there, including the Folgers coffee heiress, Abigail Folger. The next night, the Manson family added two more victims to their list. So totaling seven killings in two days. After um, they were all arrested, and in 1971 trial, Charles Manson was convicted of seven counts of first-degree murder um, for these killings. Though Manson was not present at any of the killings. Correct. But because he was the driving force beh- behind them, it held his con- they held his conviction. Mm-hmm. He spent the rest of his life in prison where he died in 2017 at the age of 83. The Manson family murders continued to be some of the most sensationalized murders in America. With blockbuster movies, books, um, songs written about him that all to this day for the last 50 years have been in the top Top yeah. charts. Yeah. Uh, did the, the people in the cult ever get in trouble? Yeah. So okay. a lot of them went to jail, but a lot of them are out. <laughs> yeah. Cute. So because he was the person, the cult leader, he, even though technically he didn't murder anyone. No, but he ordered it. I yeah. mean. So our next one. You don't have to commit a murder, murder to be accessory to murder and be charged with it. Or conspiracy to commit murder or... Yeah. Our next one is the Children of God. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. So they changed their time, their names many times and ultimately um, 
their reach ended up being longer than just the United States. They had um, originally started as the Teens for Christ in Huntington Beach, California in the late 1960s. Um, and this was started by a, na- a man named David Berg. Like many cults, it promoted an apocalyptic message, provi- uh, promoting the idea that Berg was God's end time messenger. <clears throat> so he also was preaching free love, but also like, because it's the 60s, I mean, everything was kind of free love, wasn't it? Yeah. But he was like, the end of times are coming, join me, I will help you survive the end of times. So according to BBC, Berg encountered in sex between members, um, female members, regardless of their age. He didn't oh. care how old they were. Oh my goodness. He said that because he was a messenger from God, he could have sex with whoever he wanted and it wasn't considered child sexual abuse or incest. Because oh. that was, it brought them closer to God to have sex with him. What, what the heck? Yeah. Huh. So Berg dispatched members throughout the world to function his mission as missionaries and spread his word, um, and they became international in 1978. The organization was enormously successful and at one point had over 10,000 members. Holy crap. Including celebrities uh, like Joaquin Phoenix and Rose McGowan. Like, wow. That's interesting, right? So many former members, including writer Lauren Ho, um, had has talked very openly about their abuse. She grew up in the cult. Her her parents had been in there, and she was like, as young as twelve. What was their fundamental their... belief? Just end of times, love, love, free love, love and peace, man, and having sex with minors, and having sex with minors. Shouldn't that all just go together, Mom? You know, Shouldn't it makes that just sense. <laughs> Doesn't that just make sense? Love, yeah. peace, and yeah. sex with underage women. Yeah. And probably a little bit of drugs in there. <laughs> Seems legit. Yeah. So, Berg was never arrested for all the underage <clears throat> sex or That's drugs disgusting. or anything that was happening. He was under investigation by the FBI when he died in 1994, but nothing ever happened to them. Hmm. Doesn't that kind of make your blood just boil? Kind of pisses you off, right? Yeah. 10,000 people. So think about how many kids probably were abused. Yeah. All right. Here go, Coral. You kind of have mentioned this one. Although Jim Jones's name later became um, associated with mass murder, he left 909 people dead. Holy crap. 900? 909. Yep. He was known in the 1950s as a civil rights leader, and Jim Jones and the church he founded, the People's Temple, were politically active and socially progressive. They had a very charismatic um, church leader who seemed to be um, super against, like, racial segregation. He was trying to help the poor. Like, seemed like this great guy. Great humanitarian. Right. So he got lots and lots of people to join his, his cult, but in August of 1977, um, after mounting accusations of financial fraud, physical abuse, all kinds of just shady stuff going on, Jones told his cult that they needed to uproot from America and move to Jamestown in Guadalupe. 
Once in Jamestown, Jones became um, increasingly erotic, partly due to the steady diet of antihistamines and barbiturates that he was taking. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Food was really scarce there, rules were rigid, and they started doing mock suicide drills. Oh. Okay, so they're under investigation by the government. What the heck? Here's my gov- here's, here's my government one that I'm talking about, right? So he's under investigation. He's like, we got to get out of America. The government can't get us if we're not here. Like, <laughs> the government out. can't find Peace this many out. people. <laughs> the 909 of us are just going to, we're going to dip out real we're quick. We're just going to disappear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that situation turned even darker in November of 1978 when California Congressman Leo Ryan and a group of AIDS journalists, his party came with him to go and investigate to make sure, like, people weren't, like, kidnapped down there. Like, you're still Americans. <laughs> Making sure everything's... Copacetic. Cool down here. <laughs> um, upon arriving, Jim Jones handed out all 909 of his followers a cup of Kool-Aid. Oh, No. I'd and like to just point out that I do not drink any Kool-Aid ever. ever. Like, I went to this uh, restaurant, and they were like, they had Kool-Aid. And one of my friends got Kool-Aid, and I was like, oh, hell no. Get that away from me. <laughs> That's going to be a no for me. Do not breathe on me. Don't. <laughs> was yeah. it poison? Yep. Don't is drink this the where Is this where the saying, yep. don't drink the Kool-Aid comes from? Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> so Jamestown was the origin of the phrase... Drinking the Kool-Aid, and until a 9-11... Oh, my God. I thought that it had to do with, like, pregnancy. No. What? what? No. When there are a whole bunch of people... Oh, no. That's don't drink the water. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Mom. I get what you're saying, though. Like, when it's in the water. <laughs> the look that she's giving us right now is too much. <laughs> until 9-11... <laughs> This would represent the largest number of American civil um, civilian casualties in a single non-natural event until 9-11. Holy cow. Side note, the people of Jamestown didn't actually drink Kool-Aid. It was actually just Flavor-Aid. <laughs> just so you guys know. That makes a difference. So, so, you can, so you're safe to drink Kool-Aid. You can drink Kool-Aid. your Kool-Aid. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's where that saying came from. It was popped full of drugs. And, and they all died. Poison, and all of them died. Oh my god. They've been practicing for it, like they said though. They had their drill their drills, their suicide, mass suicide drills. And That's what they practiced? Yeah, over three hundred of the nine hundred people that died were children though. Oh. So that's really sad. Alright, our next one is Angel's Landing. It is the name of the twenty acre compound outside of Wichita, Kansas, where Lou Castiero and a small group of people lived in an very unexplained, extravagant way in the early 2000s. Um, his followers were convinced that he was an angel and a seer who could look into the future and know exactly when they were going to die. So already suspicious of the luxury vehicles, the money that nobody could explain where it was coming from. Local law enforcement started like taking a little looky look into them because they were like, how do you own all these things when you don't have a job? You don't. Right. Where are you getting this money? So they took a active investigate um, interest in them, and a member of Angel's Landing community, Patricia Hughes, tragically turned up dead at the compound in two thousand three. So they were like, "There's our in. 
we're, we're investigating this now. When Patricia's husband died in a freak accident in 2006, they put, put the heat on a little bit more about what's going on out here. Do you have any guesses on what's going on here as people are just dropping dead? No. Social security fraud. It's our favorite thing. Oh. So he would... (laughs) He would lure people in to his cult by telling them that he's a seer. He's a beacon from God that can tell you when you're going to die. What your future holds. All of these great, wonderful things, right? He would live there in nice, beautiful few years and then you just magically mysteriously die but did he kill them or oh yeah they... he was poisoning them oh yeah uh-huh. it's always poison it's always poison oh, i know leaders really do love poison they really do yeah um so then he would just continue to collect their social security checks any alimony checks that were coming in so he wouldn't report the deaths no no, no. no. He, the only reason they found those is because he didn't move the bodies, and the police were investigating, and they saw him. And were like, what the heck? Why is this woman laying here dead? Just in the open? Yeah. because so he, he, didn't, didn't, he didn't even try. He didn't he even didn't try. Care. No. And he was like, oh, she's elderly. I don't know. Natural causes. And, and then, so it was older. Until her husband died three years later of mysterious causes out on this ranch. So was it older people yep. that would... Mm-hmm. It was all older people that he would... Oh, were in gosh. there. So, more witnesses um, would come forward saying that he had tried to poison them, but they, like, caught on to his, like, BS before it got to that part. Um, lots of accusations of abuse of people that had le- left the cult. He was ended up being charged with 28 felonies in February of 2015. He was convicted on all counts and sentenced to 80 years in prison. He is, um, his cult is profiled in an episode of Oxygen's Deadliest Cults. Interesting. So, 28 felonies <laughs> out there. 28 felonies of murder? Yep. Okay. hmm <laughs> Wow. April 28th, 2021. Oh, man. Mummified remains of Amy Carlson. The what date did you just say? 2021, two years ago. <laughs> I wish you could okay. This might be a little too <laughs> soon for comfort. <laughs> 48 five-year-old, or four, 48 five-year-old, wow. 45-year-old leader of the group Love Has One was found in her home in Colorado. <laughs> Carlson was known to her feed, feel, followers as the mother of God. And claimed to be able to cure cancer and communicate with angels. She also said that she was a reincarnation of both Jesus and Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? According to affidavits taken um, by the sheriff's office, the group was brainwashing people and stealing their money. It's always either, like, money is usually money end of times. Like, you see very common rotation of things here. Yeah, well, they all seem to be, I mean, intertwined in the same thing over and over again. Over and but, over again. Yeah. So when police um, didn't suspect that there had been any foul play associated with Carlson's death, seven members of the group were arrested and charged with abusive corpse. Oh, no. 
two counts of child abuse and two counts of child abuse. Police identified and arrested members um, Ryan Kramer, Christopher Royler, Sarah Rodolph, Karen Raymond, Jason Castillo, John Robertson, and Obelina Francisco, um, who are in jail currently but have court this year. What do you mean abuse of a corpse? What were they doing? They didn't give details on that because I think because their court is, they've got, some of them have court this year, so. Court. Let's, let's run back. Court for what? Like, to abusing, be abusing the court. Oh, they haven't been tried yet. No. Oh my God. They haven't been sentenced yet. No. Nope. Okay. Their trial date was that far out? Yeah. Wow. Well, because she was, she was found dead in April of 2021. I don't have their arrest. I couldn't find their arrest date. Well, that's two damn so. years ago. Isn't that wild? That was like in Colorado. That's like a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Not really, so, though. Kind of. So, other examples of this. We've talked about Waco. We have a whole episode on Waco. That's another example of a cult. Um, another big one that always comes up is, like, polygamous groups. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's such an extreme diff- So, really, I mean, when you look up definition, it's an extreme change, but using religious- religion as a foundation. So... Polygamy is a big one for that. So my question here is, how do you get groups like this with such large followings, like 909 people, 10,000 people, to follow you willing to die? Yeah. Willing to murder? Willing to stand against the United States government? Willing to stand against the FBI? Like, yeah. Is for it like, what? For what? There's not anything. Is it the rush or is it like... Wanting to be in a group of some sort, wanting like the approval, or are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, no, we're just thinking out loud. Ask, ask yourself, ask yourself that same question in terms that you can that you can reason with. Well, I guess we go to church. You go to church, and even though you don't believe in everything that a church says. You believe in enough that you go and you do what that church tells you to do, right? Or look at your social groups. You, Coral, have, I'm going to pick on you for a second. You have very little in common with a lot of the kids at school. And you go to school for just a couple hours a day because you're dual enrolled in college. And so socially, your social group is more, you know, would be college age kids, not high school age kids. And even though you have, but, but think about it, think about it in terms in which you can relate to. You pick, you associate with whoever you're around and you, we, people, just people in general, you adapt to those surroundings, mm-hmm. right? We're all a little chameleon, right? We act differently at home than we act at church. We act differently at church than we would act at school. We act differently at school than we, than we act at work. Like we change depending on our environment. And so, and again, it's your environment and what you're around. So if, if you have, and, and specifically like with cults, and I don't know this because I don't know, I don't know it well enough, but I think that Charles Manson, his group, uh, let me put this maybe a little differently. People who do drugs, 
um, like significant drugs that, that are like, that can't maintain, you know, like work and that, you know, are, are druggies, right? For lack of a better word. Their social group is a social group and oftentimes why they even start doing drugs. It's a group of people who will accept them as they are, whether that's, you know, they're a little socially weird. They're, it's where they find acceptance and love. And then when you are around that, you start to adapt their beliefs. And I don't know with the Charles Manson case, I don't know with the people that, that he convinced to do those murders with him, like what their individually, what their backgrounds were. But I, I would bet if I was to profile them that they had little or no family, yeah. little or no relationships with the family and were looking for more like a family, like, like a, a makeup family. Yeah, that's what I mean. That was, I know that that, you're right on that because like Tex, I can't remember his last name. He went by Tex because he was yeah. from Texas. He like up and left his family. I think he had grown up in like the foster care or something. Yeah, and so you're and, looking for a unit, a family that you can be a part of. And and the loyalty, if you think of Coral, our family, our family is really, really tight and even though we fight a lot and we nitpick and we, you know, whatever, we would die in a second for any one of us. Yeah. And and anything that, I know, Coral, with you and your little sister, if you told your little sister, go jump off that bridge, she would jump off the bridge. That's true. Yeah. Um, so it's it's that that longing to be a part of something, to be a part of a group, a higher purpose, uh feeling of value people who typically honestly join cults probably have pretty low self-esteem and really just want to be a part of something that's better or that's that they view as bigger than them i would i would guess though and i don't know this i mean i don't have any evidence or facts or numbers to back this up but i would bet the very few of these people who join actually know that it's a cult yeah. or know what the motivation is behind 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 it right they probably I mean low self-esteem don't have I you know they're probably very very vulnerable people to be honest with you and starting with cults like I mean every definition that we just read very charismatic like it fits the description and this is what like is confusing to me is these are serial killers I mean kind yeah and they are It, it fits the definition of a serial killer more than three deaths with a cooling off period in between. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, they fit the psychological profile of a, of a serial killer. Yeah. And we've done episodes on that. So, I mean, it's, it's same type of personality trait. It, it really is. And the control and the, and the vulnerability. I mean, the, the, I don't know, preying on that kind of people. It, I kind of wonder if like Scientology kind of fits into that. I don't know. I, and you know, we've joked a lot during this during this episode and we're not making fun of anything and we're not we're not getting on sides like that. Like we all three of us very very strongly believe in autonomy, autonomy, people's right to choose and to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. And it's far-fetched to us in our minds because because we don't believe that way. But if other people do, we're I mean, we don't judge people for no. that. It's I mean, people can do what they want to do. And honestly, I mean, 
And people can do what they want. Yeah. They can believe what they want. People have a, autonomy. People people can do that. And that's fine. No, people don't have to agree with things that we do. We don't have to agree with what they do. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. Do you, boo? Do you? Exactly. But but it's it is interesting and and it's also really interesting to, <laughs> the amount of control and power that one person can have over another. Over a large group of people. But again, if you put that into perspective and into into a way that you could understand, how many times have you been in a relationship or with a friend or with, I mean, anybody and done something and then afterwards looked back and went, I cannot believe I just did that. Yeah. Because you get caught up in the moment or you get caught up in the the excitement or you just go with the flow or whatever and then you're like I cannot believe I just did that or you're in too deep you're like well I've made it this far no yeah and I wonder if there's a little well there's got to be there's got to be some of that that goes on too and that's something that everybody can relate to all of us have done things everyone no one is perfect all of us have done something that we look back and go that was out of character for me yeah I cannot believe that I just did that I mean, not to to this extent, but this that's where it starts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's true. But to me, to me, it's more sad than it is anything else. Yeah, a and perhaps of- perhaps the intention is good. Perhaps somebody believes something. I mean, I remember a phase that I went through that I was a big prepper. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, you you just get entangled and you get wrapped up in. The environment and the people that you're around at the time. And then when you grow and you move past that, you're like, that was a little over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so, I mean, I can see, I can see how it, how it happens. Now, when it, when you go to, I'm, I just got a revelation from God. And so I can have sex with minors or whoever I want. No, you actually can't, well, and that's not godly, and that's not Christ-like. Well, so their big argument with that, and I've read this in, like, Waco and a bunch of other ones that do have sex with minors, it, number 12 pops up because biblical times you were considered an adult at 12, and that's why so many women got married at 13, 14, in the 1700s, 1600s. Before we had calendars right. and clocks and, I mean, and come so, on. People get fixated on that, though, and are like, well, back in the day, that's, you were an adult, so you're an adult. Well, back in the day, but this isn't back in the day, and it's illegal now. Yep. And we know the psychological damage that happens when we have sex and impregnate 12-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. We've evolved since then, so that's a piss-poor excuse and piss-poor reasoning. For sure. But, so, I mean, when, when lines like that are crossed, it just, it feels like, you know... No, this isn't, this isn't no longer a belief. This is you being manipulative to meet a personal agenda that's illegal. And you, you know, should be prosecuted for that. But the latest lady is kind of what? Reincarnation of Jesus Christ and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty vast differences there. That's pretty (laughs) different. But again, people can believe what they want to believe as long as you're not hurting anyone. But when you start to hurt people, that's where you cross the line. It's just wild to me, like, 40 people here, 909 people here, that you, that you just yeah. got to mask, drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. In 
figuratively but, and but, in but reality. Think, but think about that on a smaller scale. When you're at church and you take the sacrament or you drink the holy water or you drink the wine or you drink whatever. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Mom. You're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you're it, doing the yeah. same thing. Just, I mean, it's different, Let's but it's not the same. think that deep. I'm like, oh my goodness. But really, I mean, symbolically, out. symbolically, it's the exact same thing. Did you see the water get poured? Did you see the wine get poured? Did you, did you see that? No, you didn't. You're b- blindly trusting someone who's the leader. Who said that he was the leader? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've never thought about that. That's really freaky. But put it in perspective, though, so that you can understand it. Because then a cult doesn't seem so off-putting, right? Off the wall, yeah. Mm. I mean, really, we all participate on it in a different way. And just because it's not happening in a warehouse, but it's happening in a church building, or it's happening, you know, the school, you're, you're... you know, you're drinking whatever they give you on the lunch cafeteria table. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. You're freaking me out. I'm just saying. Actually, I don't eat at school. So. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's put it in perspective that you can understand and that is relatable to you. And it isn't that far-fetched. Far-fetched. It's not that, that far out there. It's something that, I mean, for all of us, it could affect, I mean... We all are sheep doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing in the environment that we're in. Well, thanks for terrifying me. I thought <laughs> I was bringing the scary thing and now you're... And I just made it real. Made it real. But that's the thing is, right, is like with any of these cases or whatever, and this is why, you know, you have to put it in perspective on something that's relatable to you is because just because the story, you tell a story and it's... It's not your story, or it seems like, well, it didn't happen here, and it didn't happen to me. It could. Spooky. We're all part of it in some way, shape, or form. Really, it's not that far out there. Anyway, so you're welcome for that. So that's fun. That was a (laughs) a fun way to end this. I thought I was bringing the, like, scary concepts, but you made it a lot more real. (laughs) It's a lot more fun to just be like... Oh, these this would never so, affect me. These people are so weird. And then I throw it back and you're like, oh shit, I might be in a cult. I, might, I think I might be in a cult. <laughs> That's funny. Coral, you're definitely in a cult. I go to the cult every day. <laughs> <laughs> Probably several of them. Seriously. But that was that was interesting though, Sam. Thanks for doing that research. Coral, did you like your cult episode? Yes, I did. Did you? <laughs> okay. Perfect. And you learned where... Drink the Kool-Aid came from. Yeah. Yeah. Or water or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Just a 909 people died from that. So just think about that next time you say don't drink the Kool-Aid. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Stay safe.